Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's show, I chat with a fellow twin mum about the birth of her fraternal boy-girl twins and her youngest daughter. Kirsten is a go-with-the-flow, cheerful-type personality, so it was a welcome surprise when, after taking Clomid to help conceive, they discovered they were having twins. She went into spontaneous labor at 35 weeks and had the vaginal birth she desired with the use of an epidural. Her second pregnancy, she was determined to experience a physiological birth without the use of any drugs, and she did just that. Enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode, Kirsten. I'm so excited to have you on, another twin mum. Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited. (laughs) Do you want to just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you live and who's in your family? Sure. So, um, south side of Brisbane, and as my husband Mick, and then I've got four-year-old twins Angus and Amanda, and then our youngest is Alia. She's fifteen months old. Alia, I love that name. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So, did you guys plan both of these pregnancies? Yes, we did. Um, Mm -hmm. So we got married in two thousand and fourteen, and then it was like I think it was the end of or sort of 2015 when we were like yep all right we're, we're ready to go yeah, nice. so um so yeah we started trying and nothing was happening and I am the most impatient person on the planet so yes, me also <laughs> and so I was doing and because I'd never been off the pill before either so this was my first time coming off the pill and my cycles were crazy like 45 day cycles but all over, all over the show as well. So some of them would be normal and then I'd just have a 45-day cycle. So yeah. it was really hard for me to track my cycle and try and work out when the hell I was ovulating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that obviously had a little bit to do with it being difficult. Um, and then, yeah, we ended up trying for about nine months and then I was like, yep, yeah, I'm done waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and so- someone had told me that you have to sort of – try for 12 months before the doctors will sort of even look look at helping so I went and saw a doctor and said oh yeah 
we've been trying for 12 months and <laughs> nothing's happening. So she just basically referred us straight on to um, a specialist and then yeah. we went and saw a guy at Sunnybank. I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, and he basically said, look, you've probably got a mild case of polycystic ovary uh, syndrome. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first step would be to go on Clomid, which is just a tablet and it just makes your eggs, makes you ovulate basically. And the thing with it is they, that he, he would say to me, he would email me and say, right, start it today. Take, I'd have to have blood tests every day leading up to, to it. And then when my numbers levels were right, he emailed me and said, take your tablets, mm-hmm. did that. And then he, I continued to get blood tests and he's like, email me, today's the day. You're not allowed to have sex until he knows how many eggs you've got there because, you know, everyone reacts to the, the to it differently. So I had to have an ultrasound and he saw how many eggs I had and he said that there's there's one really good egg there. He mm-hmm. said, so, you know, when I when I give you the go-ahead, you you go for it um he said there is another little egg there but you know it's it doesn't it's not as good as you've got one good one yeah and he just sort of brushed off the second little egg so I'm like okay no worries so it was our first time on Clomid and I don't know how many thousands of dollars I'd spent in pregnancy tests up until this point but I just remember um it was 10 days post ovulation when you're supposed to get an accurate pregnancy test so it was the longest 10 days of my life yeah I feel you (laughs) and I remember going in it was early in the morning and I went into the spare toilet and saw the two lines and I was just like you're joking like I just it was incredible the feeling was so so weird and so I just went into the shower in the ensuite and I put put the test on the on the bench and then Mick got up and Flossed around in the bathroom, and I'm waiting for him to look down, and then yeah, eventually he saw it, and it was all very exciting. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so we were really lucky. It was you know first round of COVID, yeah. and I still had I think you get two two like cycles worth in your box, so it didn't even need the whole whole thing. So it was very exciting. So I think I think it was just really really mild, if at all, the mm-hmm. the polycystic thing, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, so that worked and that was really, really cool. So I went to my GP and I and she had said, oh, yeah, no worries. Yes, you're pregnant. Yep, everything looks fine. I had the blood test to confirm it. Yeah. And she's like, so you'll you'll have your first scan at six week, uh, 12 weeks. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I can't wait for 12 weeks. I said, you know, we're on Clomid and there is a slight chance that there could be more than one in there and I can't wait. So you knew that, like that was something that was discussed, like you could have multiples. but Oh, you... yeah, yeah. And were you guys okay with that? I was m- more than okay with it. Yeah, um, cool. Obviously Mick, you know, the dads are usually a little bit more hesitant about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I was, my auntie had twins when I was in high school and um I used to look after these boys and I, re- I remember saying to my dad, I was like 17 or something, 16, and I said to my dad, oh, you know, I just, I don't think I could have one, baby. I'd be boring. I really need to have twins. <laughs> and oh he still gosh. reminds me of that to this day. You've got to be careful Never what you wish, wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
but no so I was I was okay so you were like no I need to find out I need to know yeah so she's like oh yeah sort of rolled her eyes a bit yeah righto so she gave me a scan I think it was about six weeks we went in Mm -hmm. and Mick came and the guy that the that was doing the scan he we sort of laid down he's like right you know let's see how many we got in there (laughs) he had no idea of of our situation and I just looked at Mick and oh god so, yeah, I laid down and they had the screen up and Mick was sort of sitting. I couldn't – he was sitting away from me, but I, I could had clear view of him. So yeah. the guy put the – I had to have an internal one because it was so early. Yeah. And so soon as it came up on the screen, you could clearly see two black circles. Oh, oh my gosh. And – but I was sort of not really looking at the screen. I was just sort of taking the whole thing in and I just remember the first thing I saw was – a little bit of the the sonographer's face, but mainly Mick. And Mick's face is just priceless, oh, no. you know. And um, so was the sonographer. He said as soon as he saw the sonographer's face, he was like, oh, shit. Oh, no, that is so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, it was – I was so excited. And Mick was too eventually. <laughs> It was a bit of a shock, but yeah, it's um, like the biggest shock of your life. But at least yeah. he had like a little bit of pre-warning. I had none. Yeah. I was yeah. like proper shocked. <laughs> I love that you just didn't even take no idea with you for your skin. <laughs> I know it was just yeah, everything just panned out terribly. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was really cool, and um, we were so excited to tell all of our families. So. Um, it was Mick's parents' first grandchildren, turned out. Oh, how beautiful. Um, so, and they had been harassing, he's got a brother and a younger brother and sister, and they'd been harassing all of us, you know, they wanted grandkids. All of our friends have got grandkids, so they were really looking forward to it. And Dad, is he just loves his grandkids. He's, my sister's got two older boys, so, mm-hmm. but he's, he's obsessed with his grandkids. So it was all very exciting. And so we videoed everyone's reactions and, oh, it was so good. So we initially, the day we got the positive pregnancy test, um, my dad was staying over that night. And so we told him that day and, you know, that was really cool. And then same with Steve and Sandy, Mick's mum and dad, we went out and I think we handed them a little matchbox and it was like a grandma and granddad kit sort of thing. Mm. Um, which actually we didn't record that one for them, but yeah. And then we, then we got the scan. And so then we got to do a whole other set of recordings of telling everyone. It was twins. Too. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it was really cool. That's um, so cool. And how was your pregnancy with the twins? So good. It was, yeah, on the whole, no sickness. I mean, I might've had. No sickness. No. And everyone had said to me, oh, you know, twins is you know, morning sickness is real bad and um, a few, yeah, like a couple of afternoons I might have felt a bit like, mm. you know, but I was never sick. I could never say I was sick. Um, and, yeah, no complications at all. It, it was all and every scan they, they looked good. And Did you guys yeah. find out what you were having? Yes. So I think if it was one, we might have considered not finding out. But yeah. I feel like when there's two, that you just need to be prepared. Yeah, a bit exactly. More. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we did find out, and again, there's another set of recordings <laughs> oh, <laughs> telling everyone what we had. Love it. Um, 
So now whenever anyone gets a camera out around our family, everyone's like, what's happening? Who's pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you filming? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we found out boy and girl at the 20-week scan and that was really, really awesome news. Like I I didn't really mind. Obviously, Mick, every every dad wants a son. So Mick was hoping for a boy and I can't remember what we found out. But, yeah, it was – yeah, it was really cool. So we were happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it all just coasted along really. Yeah. What model of care did you end up choosing? Because I know with twins, obviously, you're mm-hmm. immediately put in that high-risk category. So we so we didn't obviously have the option of shared care. We mm-hmm. had to have all of our appointments at the hospital. Yeah. So we were just going public um, at Logan yeah. actually, which – Again, everyone's like, oh, you know, but Bow Desert wouldn't take us, obviously being high risk, and we we didn't have private health, so and we we're out of catchment, so we we're like, well, you know, yeah, we, we, we have no choice. That's what's happening. So, and I could not fault Logan. I mean, sure, I had to wait a good hour every time I had an appointment, but you have to do that most places. Yeah, yeah. it was fine. So, was there ever any talk of C section because? No, being considered high risk—that's usually what they suggest. No, they were—they were really good. They—they they gave me my options. Basically, they said mm. it's, if you, if you want to elect to have a cesarean, you can. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they did say twin one has to be head down, ready yeah. to go. Otherwise, you have to have a cesarean. And they—they they, he Angus, it turns out, was head head down the whole time. Mm. So. They said it doesn't didn't really matter the position of the second one, but the obviously the ideal would be that they were both sort of heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't remember what Amanda was doing, but Angus was ready to go. So yeah, it was there was no drama at all, and they were fine. They were really really good about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you want to take us to that first sign of labour? So I was um, I was working up until thirty seven weeks was the or was it 36 weeks I didn't get that far but my I think it might have been 36 weeks I was going to stop work and it was 35 weeks to the day that I went into labor so it was pretty early but it wasn't scary early yeah and I was definitely ready by then like I was feeling it oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was that they're born five days after my birthday so it was kind of like my birthday weekend and I was not really in the mood for celebrating, but you know how it goes. So um, I w- went out for breakfast in the morning with my girlfriend. We just went to the coffee club and and I I remember thinking, gee, my back's really sore today. Mm. And throughout, throughout breakfast, every now and then I'd be like, gosh, that back, my back's really sore again. And then I'd sort of forget about it. Then again, I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? Anyway, so driving home from there, I thought, you know what, it's coming and going. That's why I was sort of like forgetting about it for a minute. And so I'm driving home and I was like, oh, hello. And I remember looking at the clock thinking, right, it's 11.30. I need to remember that in case something is happening. And they say to me, oh, when did it start? So it was 11.30 then. I, I remember that time. And I needed to stop in at Woolies and I sat in the car park and I was like looking and I'm thinking, if I go in there, I don't, like 
my waters could break. Like this is, I, I just had a feeling it was on, um, even though it was nothing like I thought, you know, you have contractions in your belly, not in your back. But anyway, we continued throughout the day and um, my sister and her family were coming over for dinner for my birthday and I just, I was just in a foul mood, basically. Mm-hmm. And I said to Mick, oh, I just really don't feel like this, you know. Uh, you know, and he was like, suck it up, you'll be fine. So they came and... It was still sort of ongoing a bit the same all day, but it wasn't unbearable. It was just noticeable and it was all in my back. And then at one point I was just sitting on the couch by myself and I don't know, Carmen might have been giving the boys a bath or something. And I was just sitting there and I thought, oh, I'm just going to go and lay down. I just didn't feel like sitting anywhere. Anyway, so I laid down in my room. It was all dark and it was definitely getting like a bit more painful, still bearable, but it was a pain in the back and so Carmen's like oh, she comes in she's like what's wrong Are you okay I was like yeah I don't know I've just you know my back's really sore and she's like okay so out of 10 what what what's <laughs> she was right into it and I'm like oh and so she just got me at a bad moment and I'm like it's a 10 it's a 10 <laughs> and she's like oh, I'm gonna call the hospital should I call the hospital I'm calling the hospital and so then it was, and she's raced out to Mick and Brendan and she's like, all right, I'm calling, you know, Kirsten's. And then everyone's in the room and they're like, what's going on? Are you having contractions? It was like, oh God. Because it, it was a bit of a shock for everyone as well. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, look, it's pretty painful now. And I was like, I'm just going to hop in the shower. Carmen's on the phone to the hospital. And of course they're going to say, come in. Um, having twins, possibly having contractions they were never going to say oh you'll be right yeah yeah and I was like no I don't want to ruin everything like it's probably nothing and we're gonna like go to the hospital it'll be a big waste of time and anyway eventually everyone's like no we're going Mm -hmm. so we hadn't had dinner or anything so we were like okay well you guys just have dinner and then you know lock up on your way out sort of thing so we got to the hospital and sort of checked in and they they put us straight in a birth suite it must have been a quiet night and then it was about eight o'clock when I had my first they gave me a um examination and he's like oh yeah you're about three centimeters and I just looked at Mick I was like oh my god this is possibly happening (laughs) so he's like all right well we'll check you again in four hours and if nothing if if you're still three centimeters you know you could have been three centimeters for for ages you know so radio and because it was in my back the pain in my back they said um, get on a gym ball and sort of bounce because obviously um, twin A is back to back or whatever they call it mm-hmm. around the wrong way. So they left and it was just Mick and I in this room and it was all dim and bouncing on the gym ball and everything stopped, like no pain. I didn't have a single twinge after they left the room and I said to me, this is why I didn't want to come. Like it's all gone now. And now we've just wasted everyone's time and ours. We kicked Carmen and Brandon and the boys out and big waste of time. So I just sort of kept bouncing on the ball and waited around basically for four hours. I might've had a little snooze. It was midnight was the four hour mark. So they came back in at midnight and uh, also the plan was that Carmen was going to come up as well. Yeah. So we rang her after they'd checked me and we said, look, this is what they've said. It's up to you. I mean, I wasn't feeling overly confident that it was going to actually happen. So we just sort of said, it's up to you. If you want to come up, you can, but we're just sort of hanging around, not really doing much. So mm. um, she's like, oh, I'm coming up. She was very excited, very excited. 
So it was midnight and they came back in and I kind of felt like a bit of an idiot. I just thought they're just going to come in and kind of be like, oh, yep, you're still three centimetres. See you later. He's like, um, oh, hmm, when he's made, I was like, come on, spin it out. And there's a midwife standing at the bottom of the bed with the with the doctor and she's like, oh, I can see hair. <gasps> said, oh, you're about five centimetres. And I was like, what do you mean you can see hair? I'm not even like yeah, anything. And she's like, yeah. And even still, I'm like, I looked at Meg like, is she full of it? And she was because they had no hair. Okay. Weird. <laughs> but um, anyway, so he's like, yep. All right. Like, this is happening. So you're five centimetres. And the other thing with leading up to this is I, I never wanted an epidural. Like, before I knew I was having twins, I was like, oh, just the whole, you know, javelin in the spine thing never yeah. sat well with me. Yeah. So I was off it. And then, you know, they were like, look, you're having twins, you need to have an epidural because if between twin A and twin B, if once it's the second twin's got all the room to move around and if you end up having to have an emergency caesarean, you don't have a spinal block or anything, you will have to knock you out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just sort of succumbed to the fact that I was having an epidural and I'd finally come around to that. And then he's like, okay, so basically what we'll do is break your waters and get it happening. I said, okay. And he's like, so you want an epidural? No, sorry, this was a midwife. She said, oh, okay, so you want an epidural? I said, well, I don't want one, but I'm going to have one. Mm. And she's like, what do you mean you don't want one? I said, well, I never wanted one, but they said I had to. And she's like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. What a good and I was midwife. like, yeah, but a bit late. Yeah, true. <laughs> I was like, what and she's like no you don't need you know she was she was amazing Mm. um but I I was then it just sort of sent me into a bit of a spin I was like what do you mean I can not I don't have to have one and and so then I didn't know what to do and yeah um, it's so crazy isn't it we just we just assume that we have to follow orders yeah yeah totally and so you were just like no let's stick to the plan well we discussed it and yeah you know if I had to have an emergency cesarean did I want to be knocked out no I didn't so I was like okay Yep, we'll have the epi. So they organised that. I, I don't know how long till I got it. Did your um, surges pick up in this time frame or were you nope. still not feeling nope. anything? I was feeling nothing. <laughs> I mean, I might. there might have been like a bit, I just had a sore back, but I have a sore back, you know, any day of the week. So it was nothing. It was nothing. Okay, wow. Nothing like I'd imagined. Mm-hmm. And so then we're waiting around for the epi and the midwife had said to me, look, this is probably not going to be great. She said, usually when people have an epidural, they are in immense pain and they don't really care. She's like, you're going to be focusing on what's happening. So, you know, just, you know, try and basically you'll be right. And I was like, okay. And it was horrendous. Mm. It was the worst part of the whole labour. Yeah, they're not fun. Oh, gosh, it was terrible. And Mick reckons that he missed it the first time or something. Like it sort of got done twice. Mm. And so, yeah, it was just, oh, the most. And they give you a local, but I feel like I feel like that didn't help at all. Like it was just horrendous. So, yeah, we got that done. And then that was so weird. I never obviously experienced anything like that. And when they did the ice, they – put the ice on my, on me yeah. to see if I could feel it. And I'd never heard of that before. I didn't know that was a thing. And so that was so weird. That really freaked me. Not freaked me out, but I was like, oh, my God, I can't 
can't feel that. Mm. <laughs> so that's how we knew we were on. And then I was just laying, obviously, on the bed and they had the straps over my belly monitoring their heart rates and the contractions and whatever. And we just waited. And it was so relaxed. Like, it was just so chill because I wasn't in any pain. And yeah, um, Mick was ducking out for a ciggy every now and then and then then he's going to make a coffee and you know it was just mucking around it was just so relaxed Khan and I doing online shopping for the babies and oh my gosh how was, funny yeah so it was cool and then basically they just said to me all right you're ready to go I don't I'm not really sure how what time it was that they were like okay like let's get this show on the road but I th- I think I was only pushing, I was pushing for maybe an hour, mm-hmm. tops, maybe 45 minutes. And it was fine. Like it, I couldn't feel anything. I still had a bit of movement in my left leg, which made me feel a bit better about everything because I was like, you yeah, know, I've got a bit of control. Yeah. And I could really feel the pushing and it, I could feel if I was doing it right. Whereas I know a lot of people have said, oh, I couldn't feel anything. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was. But I could get a sense of, oh, yeah, I felt like that achieved something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we were just pushing. And I remember looking up at one stage and, you know, you're sort of just in your own little world, not really noticing what's going on around you. And then they had said to me, oh, look, everyone's so excited um, about the twins. Do you mind if some of the midwives pop in to sort of watch or whatever? I was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> I was excited about the twins, so that's fine. Um, and I just remember sort of coming to at one point and looking up and the whole wall, back wall and the side wall were just, there was just people. Oh, <laughs> my <there>. gosh. <laughs> at the base of the bed and then to the side. What? And it was like only a split second. I was like, oh, crikey, okay. She yep. meant the whole then, world. <laughs> yeah. But then I was just back in my own world again and it, was, it wasn't a problem. Um, so, um yeah, he Angus came out first and I just remember them putting him up on my chest and Mick was basically crying. Like he was so emotional mm. and um, maybe not crying, but his just face was just, oh, I'll never forget it. It was just beautiful. And then I was a blubbering mess because mm. he was exactly what I pictured. You know, you're thinking all the time, the whole pregnancy about what they look like, and he was Mick all over. It was, oh, so yeah, they he came up onto my chest for, uh, it seemed like a split second, but I don't know, maybe a minute or two. It wasn't long, and then they're like, "All right, we're gonna sort of take him away and just do some obs." He came out crying, and he 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 looked perfect, and he was tiny, of course, but not that tiny. I think he was, um, what was he? five pound three or something so not too bad I don't know what he's in kilos no Um, that's not that bad at all for 35 weeks that's right I mean I'd hate to imagine if I made it to 40 plus like well mine were six pound well they were three kilos yeah so it's like roughly around six pound whatever Hmm. and I mean that was 40 weeks Yeah, that's a pretty good. You did really well. Yeah. weeks five pound yeah so then did they break your waters for her I think they did, yeah. yeah they must have. Um, but I, I remember, I remember them saying, and it was such a weird feeling once he was out. Like I felt empty, my belly was all, you know, deflated, and and, and it felt empty because I was never a massive. I, I was never a massive. I mean, 
I was big, but no one would ever come up to me and say, oh, gee, you must be having twins. Wow, okay. I just was like a big pregnant person, mm. um, but I wasn't ginormous. So, yeah, it was a really strange feeling between the two, mm-hmm. and it was just a – they were about um, 10 minutes apart, so mm-hmm. it was pretty quick in between. And they just said, oh, you know, give us a couple of pushes to sort of get her down. She was still head down, so – I just was sort of pushing and it was so strange pushing nothing <laughs> and yeah. then eventually and then yeah a couple of pushes she there wasn't too much um there like I say there were only 10 minutes between them so um it was at 7 a.m 7 15 a.m mm-hmm. um when Angus was born and it was about 7 25 with Amanda and um yeah same thing they put Amanda up on my chest and she was the same she was this little blonde blonde slash no hair and (laughs) just she was the smaller of the two so she was four pound 10 or 11 so she was a little bit she was tiny (laughs) um but both came out totally fine screaming like doing all the all the things you'd hope um and so there's a bit of a story with amanda's name so my mum's name is Amanda mm-hmm. and mum mum passed away in 2008. So we, when we were tossing up names, Mick had always wanted Angus. If, when I have a son, his name's Angus. This was when he was, even from a teenager, he would say that. Mm-hmm. And so when we were tossing up with names, I remember thinking, gee, I wish I really wanted to call Amanda, Amanda. Yeah. But I thought I didn't want to put that on Mick. Like I didn't want him, I didn't want to suggest it and then him feel like he had to say yes or he'd be a bastard, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was always like, oh, Amanda will be our middle name. Anyway, he was like, no, I really like it. I like it. I was like, Aww. cool. And then it, Angus and Amanda work really well together, you know, as a yeah. name group. So, yeah, it was really cool. So nobody knew the name. And obviously Carmen was in there. My sister was in there with us. Mm-hmm. And so I think Carmen cut one or both of the cords. I'm not sure because Mick, that's not Mick's deal. He didn't want anywhere. <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with that. So, and I remember saying to Carmen do you want to do it and she's like oh like she did not expect to be able to do it and she was very excited so she cut one of the cords we couldn't remember whose even she couldn't I was like oh clearly it meant nothing to you (laughs) (laughs) so yeah then they took um, Amanda away pretty quick as well just to check her and and whatever and I remember saying to um or no Mick said to me do you want to tell Carmen her name and she sort of looked like oh, you know? and I said oh it's Amanda and she was just like oh you know it's a really nice Aww, moment how beautiful and so yeah they just they gave me the needle to get rid of the placentas and that was fine did either of them have to go to special care well they did okay. so um at one point they said um all right look Angus he's got a bit of a rash and because they'd broken his waters at midnight, he wasn't born till seven. He was sort of sitting there for quite a while and they were worried about infection. Mm-hmm. And so they said, or, oh, you know, him getting sick in some way. We just want to take take them in and, and check them out. So dad, you come with us, sister, you stay there. And mm-hmm. so Mick went with the babies to special care. While all that was going on, Carmen and I were in the room and they'd. I, I had to have a couple of stitches. It was nothing terrible but they stitched me up a little bit and then cleaned me up and I remember I was all clean and had the blankets on I was just sort of taking it all in and there was a midwife on each side of me 
uh, milking me essentially, mm-hmm. trying to get some colostrum out of me so they could take it over to the to the babies. And I was just laying there and and I hadn't had a shower obviously or anything, but and we were saying, oh, you know, I really want to because by this time all of our family, like all the grandparents were there and I was waiting, you know, to be able to go and see them and and I, I think a couple of our my our good friends were there as well. So there was heaps of people out there and I knew they were all out there and I was just sitting there and I didn't want dad to go in and hear Amanda's name basically without me telling him. Yeah. Like I wanted to be the one to tell him. And I was really, not stressing, but I, I really was desperate to not let that slip or, or not let anyone else tell him. Yeah. And so I think I'd said, Carmen had said, oh, look, everyone's here. I, I'm going to go out and, you know, talk to them and whatever. The midwives were amazing. And, and so they were like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, you know. Anyway, so they were milking me and I'm like, I just really need to get, I need to get to the, to the special care. And they're like, yeah, you know, you'll be, it, it's, it's all good. Blah, blah. I was like, no, like I need to be there. I can't let dad. I think that's what it was. Carmen walked out and I said, do not let dad go in there and see those babies until I'm in there. And the midwives were like, oh God, she's a bit mean. And so I ended up explaining the story and they were both like, oh my God, we need to get you there. And Aww. so then they were fully on board and, Usually they don't let you out of, if you've had an epi, you're not allowed out of bed for a while, I guess, because mm. you can't move. But I had that bit of feeling in my left leg and they're like, we need to get you in the shower. Can you can you take any weight? And I was like, yep, I can, I'm good with my left, left leg. So they got me in the shower way earlier than they were supposed to and had a quick shower, got dressed. My girlfriend that was there came in, had a quick chat. I was like, all right, I've got to go to the thing so they wheeled me into the special care area and yeah we met met everyone and so dad came in first I think with me and Carmen uh, Carmen took a photo of the moment that I'd told dad Aww. and so I was like oh so this is you know this is Angus and oh yeah everyone sort of knew the name Angus was flying around for a little while and so and then I said oh and um this is Amanda and Dad's very emotional type of guy <laughs> now. So Aww. as soon as I said that her name was Amanda, he just sort of not broke down, but he definitely shed a tear and he just put his arm around me and we just Aww. sort of both stared at her for a minute. And it was it was such a nice moment. Oh, and, that's um, so beautiful. Yeah. So and then um, you know everyone else came in. You could only have I think two visitors at a time in there because there's yeah. quite a few babies in there. So. Um, they wanted to keep them in until at least the antibiotics course was finished. So how long were they in there for? So they ended up being in there 10 days, which it felt like forever. And then it was a couple of months after we got home and I looked back at the photos of us going home. I was like looking at the dates and I remember thinking, that's not right, 10 days. Mm. It it felt like a month. It was... Mm. It was so hard leaving every night. It was just the hardest thing we'd ever done at that point. Was your mental health okay afterwards? Yeah, I was totally fine. I was, yep, yep, I was all good. That's good. So at what point did you guys decide you wanted to have another one? Well, Mick reckons I tricked him into it. I I dispute (laughs) that. (laughs) I think think Mick would have, 
been happy with the two. He he's he's more logical about it and thinking about money and the future and what he wants to provide and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I just want lots of babies. So we went away for a weekend and I was like, oh, you know, I wonder what would happen if I went off the pill. Like, I wonder what my cycles would be like. The twins were probably uh, two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been two. And and he's like, oh well, you know, we'd had a few drinks, and he's like. Oh, why don't you see what I see? I was like, okay, you want to see? Okay, we'll see. <laughs> so we came home and I was like, oh, do I bring it up again or do I just do it? And so I was like, no, we had a couple of drinks. I'll do it. And I was like, so you remember that conversation? Yeah, it was still good. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And so I think he was thinking, oh, this will take, this will take forever. And yeah, so yeah, I went off the pill. Um, yeah, I think the twins were about two because of, there were three when she was born yeah and um yeah three cycles later (laughs) I still had the crazy cycles though so I don't know what the go was yeah Hmm. and were you excited I was so excited I um yeah Mick was Mick was like oh shit (laughs) it worked (laughs) well you're still gonna grow them for nine months yeah it's plenty of time so yeah eventually he was like not eventually he was like in shock initially but he's like really already um but yeah no so we were really excited and how was that pregnancy I honestly believe that it was harder than the twins interesting <laughs> well I mean I guess I had two two-year-olds to look yes after, so that didn't help that's a huge element yeah um and you know a couple of years older I, I think that definitely makes a difference so yeah um it was pretty like it was fine. I still didn't get any sickness or anything like that. It was it was a fine pregnancy, but I got gestational diabetes this time, oh, which okay. oh, I was I didn't I did I had no sort of knew nothing about it, and so I I had definitely been eating a lot worse than I I did with the twins. You mm-hmm. know, I was trying to do everything right, and I was I was craving sugar, <laughs> sugary mm-hmm. things, so. I would have, I would eat fine, and then after my lunch, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'll have a few, a few of those." And mm-hmm. and so I remember saying to my girlfriend, "Like, God, I swear I'm gonna get diabetes at this rate." And she's like, "Nah, if you're gonna get it, it's not really to do with what you're eating. It's just your body." And blah blah. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. It's definitely to do with what you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely contributes. Yeah, <laughs> turns out. So yeah, I remember Mick was out fishing, and I was sitting in the in her room. The twins must have been asleep. And I was folding all her clothes and, you know, sorting out all. I was just in Oh, so you guys time. found out you were having another Oh, girl. yes, sorry. Yeah, cool. Yes, we found out. And I, I I, wanted to sort of keep it a secret because, like, nah, I don't know. He was hoping for another boy, obviously. But I was like, no, nah, I didn't really care at all because I'd had sisters, one of each. Sisters, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Although at the moment, sisters aren't such a great thing. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, don't tell me that. <laughs> so you were folding yeah. her clothes. And it was a Sunday and I get this phone call from a strange number and I was like, Ooh. and it was the hospital. And I was like, oh, God, what's the Sunday? Why are you ringing me on a Sunday? And she's like, oh, look, we're just letting you know that um, your results have come back after your test and you've got gestational diabetes. So we need to organise. And I was really in shock. I, I was worried. Like, I was like, shit, I've, I've so done this. Like, this is my doing. And so I was, I didn't know what to think or what to do. And she's like, it's all good. You know, we'll just make an appointment to come and see the, 
whoever, the diabetes person, and they'll go through what it means and what you've got to do. Rang Mick, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's got, I've got gestational diabetes. Like, this is, I don't know what this is, but it, it didn't feel good. But it was okay in the end. It, I just had to eat better. And, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, so I had to do the blood sugar readings. God, that was a pain in the backside. But mm. um, but it was manageable. You managed it, My yeah. food. Yeah, I didn't have to go on insulin or any medication or anything. Like, I'd been speaking to a girl from work who had been the same thing, and but she had to go on insulin. And I was mm. like, oh, God, I cannot do that. I can't give myself No. <laughs> so, again, that would be a high risk. Did they then well the heavies on you? Well, I was um, going to Bodez at this time. I was so okay. excited because one baby I could go to Bodez and everyone raved about Bodez Hospital, mm-hmm. how amazing it was. And so I was so excited. I'd already obviously been to my appointments there and whatnot. And I was going there. And then, yeah, you straight away go high risk again with diabetes and they don't take high risk out there. And I was like, oh, no, this has just ruined everything. Mm. Like, But. Because I was able to manage it with my food, my levels were fine. They were, they were normal. And, in fact, they said, oh, they've just adjusted, like, the levels. So when your class is having diabetes, they've just, uh, what have they done, um, lowered it, she said. So six months ago you wouldn't have had, like, you wouldn't have been classed as having it. Oh, okay. Um, so they weren't, and she said, you know, you it's not that bad. And the fact that I could manage it with my food meant it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. But um, so they, they said that I could still go to Bow Desert. Unless something drastic happened, they would still take, like, still have me. Yeah, cool. So I was really glad about that. We just had to have a couple of extra growth scans to make sure um, she wasn't huge because that's the, the risk or one of the risks. Um, and she was fine. She was tracking fine, except I never forget, I was like, maybe late 20s weeks pregnant and I had a scan and they're like, whoa, her head's measuring full term. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, do not say that to me. Oh, like, oh. God. That's what because every I, mother wants to hear. Uh, yeah. I definitely didn't want an epidural this time. And so when okay, they said cool. that, I was like, oh, God. So anyway. So do you want to take us to your first sign of labour with her? Yeah, so I was so impatient. I am everyone's impatient girlfriend. So I was like, what was I? Thirty-seven weeks. I was like, yep, I'm done. I'm good now. Yeah, I I do thirty-five weeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So by thirty-seven, I was like over it, and I went to my hospital appointment, and I saw just a midwife, and I was like, how do I get a stretch and sweep? (laughs) And she's like, (laughs) um, you're thirty-seven weeks. We don't do them yet. I was like, come on. Surely you can do a stretch and sweep. And she's like, oh, she's like, look, I can probably do one for you. I'm like, yeah, great. And so she did one for me at 37 weeks, which she's kind of like, oh, look, I'll do it, but, you know, keep it on the, keep it on the down low. Mm-hmm. So she did it and I was fine. I had a little bit of bleeding and I was like, okay, that's good. And I was doing crazy walks. Like I was walking 5Ks up hills around the block and I just wanted her out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so it was um, every appointment, weekly appointment from there. So 38 weeks, I had another stretch and sweep. And um, 39 weeks, I was like, give me another one over this. <laughs> so this lady had a, um, she came in, she's like, you want to stretch and sweep, do you? She's like, oh, well, 
I can't remember her name, such and such is on, and she'll give you a stretch and sweep. You're like, okay, I don't know what that means, but give it to me. And this woman was like, all right, now I'm going to count to 10 and so you know when it's going to be over and if you need it to stop, you know. I was like, Jesus, okay, <laughs> like they're not that bad. It was that bad. It was like she did not hold back. Wow. And she's like, she was known for getting things going. She said, um, if, if if she gives you one, you'll you go into labour. I was like, well, get her in here. So she did that at 39 weeks and I definitely was having some contractions from then on. So I think I might have even been in early labour for a few days, but it wasn't painful. I remember a couple of times like, oh, that felt like a contraction and it was a proper one in my belly, not in my back. Mm-hmm. And there was a few days where I was like, Oh, I might, I might time it and see how far apart these are. And but then they just drop off. I'm like, God oh, damn it! So, had some niggles for a couple of days, and then I woke up this night, and I, I can't remember exactly. I, I was booked in for an induction at 40 weeks, so it was between 39 and 40. Um, I woke up and I was in labour. There was no denying it. It was 10:30. And I woke up like in a, holy, like that was a, it was full on right from the second I woke up. Yeah. So I got up and I just sort of paced around for a bit. I I timed how far apart they were and I was like, okay, it got to um, just before 11.30 and I was like, okay, I'd called the hospital and they're like, yeah, we'll just come in whenever you're ready and be fine. So I woke me up at 11.30 and I was like, yep, we're on. And um, Mick's brother and sister were going to come up and stay here because obviously the twins were in bed. Mm-hmm. So they got here around 11.30 and we, Mick was packing the car and we were getting ready to go. I was just sort of pacing and having some really full-on contractions. And by the time we left, it, they were about three minutes apart. And um, my sister-in-law was like, I really think you should, shouldn't you be going? Like, you <laughs> having a lot of contractions. So we jumped in the car about midnight and headed to the hospital and Carmen was there again. Mick had called her. She met us at the hospital. So it must have been about 12.30. Oh, my God, that was the longest drive to Bredosa Hospital. It wasn't, but it felt like it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we got there and... They were just so full on. The contractions were so full on, yeah, and so regular, and it was it was crazy. This is what I wanted. I always wanted to experience a childbirth, you know, yeah. yeah. And I felt like the twins' birth was awesome, but it was not really childbirth that you're, you know, that you think of. And so I was in the thick of it when we got there. And I think between the car park and the like check-in desk, I had like three contractions. And so they didn't even basically talk to us. They're like, oh, yep. Okay. Send her in straight to the birth suites. So we had, I had my diffuser and I had the TENS machine. I had all these plans and it was just, oh man, it was full on. And we got there and Carmen said, oh, you know, are you going to check her? to see how far along she is and they said no no there's no need she can just she'll tell us when she's ready and so I was like I want to have a shower I really want to get in the shower I I love a hot shower and I mm-hmm. just knew that that was where I needed to be so basically as soon as we got there I think Carmen put some oils on and I hopped in the shower they had the wireless you know monitor things for her yeah. heart rate 
and I hopped in the shower and straight away I was like, get me out of the shower, this is shit. It was just not hot enough. It was, you know, they have the tempered water and it was was not hot enough. And then I was just like a bit cold and I was in so much pain. I was like, oh, no, I regretted that immediately because then I was all wet and, you know, the bra that I'd planned on wearing was all wet and Mm -hmm. it was – it wasn't I was like, no, that's not I'm not into that. Anyway, so then her heart rate started dipping with the contractions and my water still hadn't broken. And so they said, Oh, look, you know, her heart rate is dipping. We might just check you because if you're like nine centimeters, that's fine. But if you're three centimeters, it's not fine. Mm. So they checked me and she's like, Oh my god, she's like, You're ten like you've fully dilated. Um but your waters are still there she said so we can break we'll break your waters and you're done like you're good so um they did that I um they broke my waters and then it obviously ramped up even more I tried the gas and it was I didn't like it Uh, it just I actually didn't like it no I was so excited about the gas too you watch all the shows and they're all breathing in the gas Mm. I'm like yeah I want the gas and it, it did. I just vomited it. Yeah, it was no good. Yeah. So, um, it was really fast. Uh, so I ended up sort of straddling the bed, I guess, on my knees or hanging over the back, mm-hmm. and was pushing for not long at all. And she came out like it was. It was my back. Oh my god, though, my back pain yeah. was horrendous I just remember saying my freaking back my back my back that was all I could say yeah. and they're like you know I, I don't know if she came out posterior yeah I'm not sure about that but it had to be because yeah at that point my I, it was horrendous so well that's what a lot of women complain of with posterior yeah babies. yeah so I was so relieved and so relieved once she came out and I heard I actually heard on a podcast about um, you know, the head comes out mm. and then when you push the body out, it's like pushing out a plate of uncooked sausages. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, that stuck with me and it so was. It was exactly just that bullet <laughs> and she was out. Um, but I never got the ring of the ring of fire that they talk about. It was nothing. I didn't get any of that. Um, so, yeah, head came out, next push, her body came out and I just remember like, oh, being so relieved. And then they were trying to like, put her between my legs to like and telling me to roll over and I was just so I was like can you just go away for a minute I just need a second mm. um but yeah then she came up and her cord was really short and I'd mentioned about that I wanted to do delayed cord clamping with her mm-hmm. and um but her cord was really short so they couldn't like they're trying to bring her up and like it, it wasn't working properly mm-hmm. and I wasn't that dead set on it I was like oh, I'll just cut her cord it's fine I think come and cut her cord again and um yeah, so, and then she was out, she was fine. She was seven, seven pound 11. Um, she was totally fine. There was no, no drama with her. I had to get a few stitches. Um, and it would have been such a different experience for you because they didn't take this baby yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And she, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, she's just so warm and, like, mm. it was, and straight on the boob. And oh, it was just such a different experience. experience yeah. So, and she didn't cry like she I think she cried like when she first came out but she settled straight away yeah, and they do. yeah it was just amazing it was so nice to oh, have her how beautiful she was exactly the opposite of what I was expecting looks wise <laughs> she had lots of dark hair and 
looked like a boy. Um, yeah, no, it was awesome awesome experience and I, I was so glad that I did it without the epi and I could yeah. straight away like there was no there was just nothing holding you back basically yeah, yeah. Um, so no That's it was it so was amazing cool. and is this you guys done now um well I would I would keep going until you know but Mick you know I would have a million and I figure well I just need to take Mick's word for when he's done because yeah. I don't think I'll ever feel done so he says he's done yeah, um, so he does want another boy and he he says it he said it a few times promise me a boy and we'll go we'll have another one I was like I promise I'm telling you I promise <laughs> so I, I think I'm pretty sure we're done but yeah. I mean you never know if you weren't would there be anything you'd do differently next time um I would definitely eat just eat better yeah um, that was okay. that was really the only thing I I loved the natural birth uh, listening to all these home birth stories I'm like oh, be, that would be so cool mm. but Mick would be Mick would not be not be into that yeah um but I just think how cool it would be to to not have to go anywhere or yeah. like you know you've got your baby and, and then and you're done I'd love to I'd love to experience it again but I think I'm done yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any advice that you would give first-time mums out there? I think with the twins, I really beat myself up about not being able to breastfeed. And, Mm -hmm. like, I fed them for four weeks, but it was I would breastfeed them, then I would top them up with a bottle, and then I would express what they hadn't taken from me because they just tired out. Mm -hmm. And so it was like it it was a process. And But I really wanted to breastfeed. You know, everyone really wants to breastfeed. I really want to do it. And I just beat myself up about it. And I'd always say to, like, my sister-in-law now, it's like, you know what, if it's not working, just give them a bottle. Like, mm. do not do not beat yourself up about it. Like, you know, they're going to be fine. The twins were so amazing that I didn't really have any struggles. I never got the blues. and like, Yeah, that's awesome. I, I didn't really have any advice to give, I think, because I didn't really go through anything that I learned from, if you know what I mean. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, aside from that breastfeeding thing. But mm. I definitely think, um, yeah, having twins first was awesome. It was it, it's such an experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your experience with us. It's awesome to talk to another twin mum. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a vaginal birth story of twins, something I've come to realize is not too common in Australia with most twin mums opting for a cesarean. Not that there is anything wrong with that. I love Kirsten's carefree attitude, which I feel added to her empowering experiences. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and I'll see you next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Positive Birth Australia.